Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. And welcome everyone to episode 41. We are past our 40th milestone now, aren't we, Dad? Uh, we are, yes, yes. And it, it's, uh, it's a bit unusual now. We've had uh, the studio for the last couple of times, haven't we? And now we're back to Skyping again. We are, yes, yes. Can't I'm... help it. You're busy and I'm busy. And... Oh, I know. Tell yeah, me about yes. it. Tell me about it. Um, yes. What were you doing on your... Just out of curiosity, what were you doing on your 41st birthday, Dad? I forgot. Blimey, that was a long time ago, Steve. How do you expect me to remember that? Actually, though, I do remember that was when I met your mum. Really, was it? I did, yes. I met your mum. When you were 41? Uh, on that new year. Yeah, in my, on my 41st, you know, 41st year. Wow. It was in the new year, the new year party. I met your mum. Ah, that's good. I'm, I'm quite glad you did that. Yeah, I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you, I did it as well. Yeah, good, good. That makes two of us. I'm not sure whether your mum agrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Oh, that's interesting. Um, anyway, yes, so we're doing this over Skype this week because I am manic. I can't get back at the moment. It's just rehearse, 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 non-stop every day. And uh, I've got scripts coming out of my ears. And uh, it's all a bit mad for the show, which opens next week. Yeah, so it's all a bit. Are you nervous at all? Yes, very much yeah. so. Because it's one thing rehearsing without an audience, but as soon as you get an audience, it's going to throw me off my lines definitely. And uh, I've got some pretty big speeches that um, wow. hopefully won't make full people fall asleep. But it's uh, it's pretty yeah, it's pretty intense. I, I literally I wake up and I've got. I, I, like lines going through my head and I'm walking around the flat and there's lines in my head and I'm on the train and lines are in my head. And I, I'm for the last, I'm having a night off tonight, but every day for the last 10 days, I've nonstop been rehearsing and learning lines. So, um, it's that, it's that much to learn. <laughs> so well, that's, that's dedication. And it's I mean, that that's, that's the life of an actor. Is indeed. So anyway, so just I'll do a quick plug for that. If anyone is in lives in or around London and fancies coming to see it by any chance, then uh, it's at the Pentameters Theatre in Hampstead, and um, they've got a website. So and the play is is a double bill of George Bernard Shaw, and it's the Dark Lady of the Sonnets and Overruled. Wow. Well, we're going to be along on the. Wednesday of the following week. I think that is the is that the ninth of October. Anyway, okay. it's the Wednesday of the middle week that you're doing it. Good. Not the first. Not the first night then, because uh, no, I, I wouldn't come, come to see that. It's not going to be so good. <laughs> I'll let you get a bit of practice in. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, Dad. Anyway, let's crack on with the show this week. We've got some questions to get through, so let's start with the first one. Uh, it's from John Brock. So thanks, John. This one is good day, Colin. I watched the hedgehog piece and you applied a very dark colour around the eye, but you applied it over a dark grey. My question is, why bother to apply the grey in the first place? Obviously, if I had the pencils, I could experiment and probably answer that question for myself. But it does seem a waste of time to apply a dark colour over the top of a lighter colour. I can only Mm. assume that there is a sound reason for this. But from where Mm. I stand at the moment, I cannot see any logical reasoning. Let's start with that one. Um, yep. I think I, I'm not going to answer that, but I think I could answer that question. But carry on, you answer it. It's, it's a very good question, though. And it's a question when you think of someone who hasn't actually used the pencils before, as John hasn't yet, he's still waiting for them. And you think, well, why bother, you know, to do that? In fact, I've seen pictures 
uh, amateur pictures where this has actually happened. People have just said, well, that's a black dog, so I put black on. That's a logical thing. The problem is black is not a colour. It's a darkening agent only. And if you, there is a saying that if you put black on a paper, you make a hole in the paper. That's what you, it looks like. So what you have to do is you use the black as a darkening agent for or to darken other colours. Now, in the case of the hedgehog, it was a grey that we put underneath it. And you can, in fact, you can't come too light. I mean, if you're going to put black on, you don't put ivory, you know, um, brown, uh, grey, and then black. You wouldn't do that because you're, if you're looking at black or a very dark colour, you need to have a dark undercolour to start with. You can start with mid-grey, for instance, and then you could put perhaps a little uh, Payne's grey in it. Then you could use black. Uh, and then uh, you can also add colour to the black, like um, you can put a little bit of red, you can put a bit of blue into the black once it's been applied. It's all sorts of combinations. But the reason why we do that, why we put the colours on as bases, is to create the the underlying tone. The black just darkens that underlying tone. That's a simple answer. Right. Okay. At every case that you see me doing eyes is one of the typical things. You know, when we do a pupil in an eye, I either start with a grey or a brown, and then eventually we put the black on. But the black makes the brown very dark brown. It makes the grey really dark grey. See what I mean? Instead yes. of black. Yes. That's the reason. Okay. John? Excellent. The next part of this, his email is, I must mention too that I love your watercolour style. I've watched other people like Terry Harrison, Keith Fennick and Matthew Palmer and I like their product, but each one seems to use the wash approach where you use the, full, the paint's full strength and the difference is remarkable and so it seems more realistic, but it's fascinating to observe the varying approaches in the result, resultant images. You use a colour that you refer to as flesh, but I can't find it anywhere. Is this an mm. old name, or maybe you can suggest a substitute colour for, uh, for flesh? Yeah, well, what I did there, on the, um, the original box that I had, it had a flesh colour in it, and I've still got that box with the flesh in it. It was a very useful colour. But what I didn't realise until I went to buy more uh, paints of a similar kind that I can't get flesh anymore. Oh, so you can't, uh, for some reason, this Please. particular company that I bought the box off in the first place decided to have flesh, and uh, now you can't buy it. So uh, he's absolutely right. So what you have to do is, is you have to mix it up with a little white, put a little white, little bit of uh, red in it and create the fleshy tone. It can be done that way. Okay, brilliant. All right, well, thanks, John, for that. That's great. The next one is from Ben. Uh, hi, Colin. Firstly, thanks for giving more information regarding my previous question about paper tooth in episode 37. It was great hearing you explain things, and yes, my name was pronounced correctly. Secondly, this is a long email, so I hope it doesn't bore you. I've just been listening to episode 38. I too started using Carbothello when I first learned chalk pastels when I was 10 to 12. I then stopped as I started to use computers and moved into graphic and web design. I picked pastels back up before I turned 30 and I found your website to get my knowledge back. I have since moved to pit pastels due to your recommendations. They are definitely better to use than Carpathellos. Anyway, while listening to the episode, my ears pricked up when I heard John was from Adelaide. I'm assuming he's from Adelaide, Australia. Well, I live in Adelaide too and was unable to purchase the pit 
pastels here either. When I had to replace my Carbothellos, I went to dickblick.com. So that's D-I-C-K-B-L-I-C-K.com and had great service and price. I've since used them to purchase the pit, pe- pit pastels and the artshop.com.au to buy replacement white, black, whites, blacks, greys, etc. I've also bought a range of paper from you and my local art store, art2art.net, that's art-t-o-art.net, located in Adelaide. Perhaps you could pass on these details to John as he might find them helpful. He goes on to say, I prefer more pastel pencil, uh, pastel videos instead of watercolour. I'm interested in birds and would love specific videos on feathers, eyes, feet, etc. The reason I'm currently a member is that I want to boost my pastel techniques and this is the medium I love. Perhaps in the future I would try my hand at mixed media. But at this stage, I don't see myself switching over anytime soon. So... Absolutely. Well, well, can I pick up a few points there, which he raises, yes. um, particularly when he, he says about the animals and the birds. He's quite right to stick to pastel pencils on this because watercolour, good as it is with um, landscape work, doesn't really do animals very well at all uh, and people very well at all, in my opinion. Mm. Now, I'm going to get a lot of flack on this because people are going to say, oh, yes, it does, oh, yes, it does. But I have not seen any watercolour, really good watercolour work in animal, uh, you know, portrait work. They are okay in landscape. If you put an animal in a landscape, a dog, cat, cow, whatever, in a landscape, it works. But it doesn't work in the portrait side at all. Mm. You haven't got the subtlety. Right. So, absolute, and what birds... Uh, birds, I've seen watercolour birds, and they actually don't come up too badly. But I really would suggest John stays with Ben, isn't it? Sorry, ben, not yeah. sorry, Ben. Ben stays with the um, the pastel pencils mm. with the animals and the birds. Well, he'd like to stay. He'd like he's saying here. He'd like to see uh, more birds and specifically stuff mm. on feathers and stuff. So, uh, but uh, that's a, a, quite a few people have asked about birds, and we've, we've got things in the pipeline for birds, haven't we? The, the very next picture is a bird. Excellent. That's something to whet people's appetite. Uh, They'll be interested on. now. So <laughs> anyway, excellent. Thanks for that, Ben. The next question we have is from Dale. Dale says, I have the colour shape you recommended and love it. But my question is, in several videos, I noticed that you sometimes use a paper blending stick instead of the paper uh, instead of the shaper and or your finger. Why? Is there a, a way to care or sharpen the blender? Right. Another good question, isn't it? The um, the paper blender was the forerunner, really, of the, pa- of the uh, colour shaper. I was using the paper blender before that. And reasonably successful, I've got to say. But when the colour shaper came along, it really did the business, as far as I was concerned. And you don't see me using the color, the paper blender very often now. However, there are uses for it. Let me just give you a uh, scenario. If you had uh, a roof, for instance, uh, and you were dealing with the roof and you wanted to put your undercolor on and you wanted to blend that in. Now, if you blended it with the color shaper, what you'd end up with is it would be too blended. It would be too smooth. Mm. If you use a paper blender, it's halfway between smooth and, you know, not rubbed in, basically. Right. And and then when you put the, the pastel over the top of it, the other colours that you're going to put over the top of it, you get a better finish. 
can work on brickwork too if you want to do brickwork. Anything that's got a texture to it, the paper blender works very well and you'll very often see me use it because simply the colour shaper overblends in a situation like that. Right. So that will work. So there are there are needs, there is a need for both. And why, why do you choose sometimes to use your finger instead of the paper blender? Yeah, that's a good, the, that's a good question. The, yeah. Well, the, the, the finger, the, can I go through it in order of preference? The, the, the pastel pencil is the best blender we have. It, I prefer, if I can get away with it, I use a pastel pencil to blend another pastel pencil in. Yes. That's the very best. Secondly comes your finger. Your finger is, the, again, another tool, which you, because you can touch it and you've got a bit more control when you're feeling it, especially in the sky or and sometimes when you're dealing, especially when you're doing skin, for instance, I wouldn't. I would very, very, very rarely do you ever see me use a, a colour shaper when I'm doing skin. It's always my finger, so that works well. Colour shapers are brilliant for. Well, you've seen this so many times. I don't have to give you examples of that. Yes, you see me yeah, use yeah. it all the time, fur and so on. Where a finger, if you use a, your finger with fur, you'd smooth it in too much. But the colour shaper, because you've got a, a, a lighter touch to it, you you get a better better finish. Now, the paper blender, as I've already explained to you, really comes into number four, in my opinion, of, mm. of the of the four blending methods. And that works well, as I said, if you want to keep the blending itself at a minimum, as opposed to uh, the colour shaper that would overblend. Right. I think I've explained that quite yeah, well. Yeah, that's good, yeah. Well, I just want to plug, a, there's a few videos on YouTube that we did about the... The, the blending tools and we did a video on how to use the paper blender and how to use the color shaper we picked those two mm. two tools and done a video highlighting where you can use them so mm. check those out they're on youtube for free under youtube.com slash colin1940 your youtube channel dad so mm. that that might help as well seeing a, a visual specific representation of those two tools but no that's a i think that's a good explanation Yes, it, it's 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 a very important one, in fact. And like everything else, I say and do, it's experimental, Steve. I I do things a certain way, and it suits me. Other people could do their own thing and experiment. And it, who's to say something that they do using one of these uh, tools isn't it better than mine? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's individual preference, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. So experiment, folks. Excellent. Okay, the next question is from Marianne. She says, Hi, Colin. Your lessons are amazing. I'm working on the Tiger Club and your instructions are so thorough. I was just delighted. I think I printed the images wrong on the wrong side of my pastel paper. And it's a mitten? Mitten? Meton. Meton. I think that's Canson Meton paper. Meton paper. And... I used the rough side because I thought it was better for the pastel. But when using coloured pencil, I always use the smoother side. Also, I am not sure I prefer the pit pastels as much as you do. They seem very dry, but that problem could be the wrong side of the paper too. In closing, I just want you to know how terrific your videos are. Can you tell me what setup you use to film? If it's a trade secret, then don't worry about it. Thank you for sharing your talent with me and all your fans. Sincerely, Marianne. So, right. I've got a question. What is meton paper? What's the difference? Well, it's canson meton paper. Canson it's a meton. French paper. Okay. And it's a pastel paper, and it's got little, like, little pimples all over it. 
and it works really really well for soft pastel because it kind of you know has a lovely effect on them right. however the pastel pencils is uh, more subtle it's, it's a finer product and what happens with that is you tend to get those those bubbles those little pimples on the paper can be ugly looking to be ah, honest okay and this is why Marianne has used the other side and I can understand why However, with the pastel, the ongre pastel paper, you know, we have two sides to that. We have a smoother and we have the tooth. If you use a smoother side, it's not as good as using the um, tooth side. Right. So, you know, you can see where I'm coming from here, really. Marianne should be using the proper side. And that's the side that, uh, you know, it was designed for, pastel. But... Canson Meetum was not designed for the pastel pencil, in my opinion. Again, it's all my opinion. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. I've tried it, and I know that people have tried it, as Marianne has tried it. It didn't work. Because of the texture of the paper? Because, it, yeah, because, because it's got the yeah, pimples rather got, than the tooth? It's unsightly. It's how it, is it, how it holds the, the pastel. Is it, is it how mm. it, it reacts to the pastel going onto it? Or just, yeah. it just doesn't well, look that, good? Absolutely. The, the, the pastel paper has been designed so that pastel sticks to it and holds to it and looks best on it. If you use the right side, if you use the wrong side, you don't get the same effect. Okay. Which is exactly the same as the ongre paper. Right. Um, I can't really... I mean, Marianne has said that the pastels appear dry. Absolutely they are. That, that's exactly what they're meant to be. They're chalky. Yeah, they are a dry medium, and the fact that they they are dry means you can manipulate them with either other pencils or with a color shaper. They blend into each other really, really well. Yeah, and that wouldn't do that if they weren't of that kind. I mean, oil pastel is uh, to use the word wetter is a silly thing to say because <laughs> they're not wet at all. They're oil, yeah. but they are. More moist. They, they do kind of, um, they're malleable. They, they tend to be sticky, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Completely reverse of the... They, would you say they're oily? Um, Being oil. You know, that is a good description of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, that, and so, but the problem with them is they can't be taken off. They can't be removed because once they're on there, they're stuck on there. You can't get them off them. Right. And you can't move them. So you've got no manipulation. Yes. And with the pastel, you have a fantastic manipulation. That's why I like it so much. Yeah, If yeah. you make a mistake, you rub it out. Yeah. Okay, great. The last thing she says here is, can you tell me what sub, uh, what setup you use to film? No, that's a trade secret. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, no, it's a very simple. We have a, we have a fantastic gadget with, um, that I made up, funny enough, out of a... Uh, one of those lamps, you know, that uh, I can't what they call them now. There's a, a special name for them where they have a, like an arm that comes out. Anyway, I took the when I wanted to have one that uh, went over the top of me as opposed to onto the side because if you use normal tripod, it wouldn't work. Yeah. Uh, so I and then I had a camera because you can't have a blooming great big camera on the end of it; it'll fall over. Mm. So the one I use is a high definition small camcorder. Works really well. Yeah, and I I managed to. I'm not going to go into the technical side of it, but uh, I managed to screw this on to the end of it, and it works well. The only problem with it is, as you know, Stephen, in poor 
in your editing suite when you come to edit my videos they wobble it wobbles a bit yeah it's, wobble, it's not that sturdy is it <laughs> wobble 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 but it is weighted isn't it to one side so it's so it doesn't topple over but it, it does go so, over your shoulder so it is a, a handy setup it is it's so a good it's a good it's as good as we've got at the moment absolutely I can't, uh, I can't think of anything better than that uh, without getting something custom made but we we're not at that yeah. stage yet we don't need it um Excellent. Thanks, Marianne, for that. That's that's really good, and that's prompted some good discussion. So, uh, excellent. Yeah. Good. Well, that's that's all I've got for this week. Uh, we'll sort of kind of keep it as sort of a mini-cast, 20-odd minutes, as sort of a mini-podcast this week, because I've got to crack on and, and learn some lines and things like that. So... Um, well, you're a very busy man, Steve, yeah. and, uh, you know, this is all going to come out well in the end, and, uh, you know, we'll be able to... We'll give, we give them extra next time, shall we? Yeah, yeah, we'll do... Well, next time I'm down and up, we'll do a podcast, but keep your questions coming. We have got a backlog of questions, as you probably saw from those. It was 38, 37. There's probably a lot more that have come in since then, but do keep them coming because they're great. So if you've got an, a question for the show, you can email colin at bradleygallery.co.uk. And if you put in the subject line podcast, then we know that your question is for the show and we can mention it on the show for you. And uh, also you can comment on our Facebook page. If you haven't liked it already, go over to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash Colin1940 and you can uh, like the page, share your artwork and keep up to date with all of the new videos and new podcasts and new things that are coming up. Lovely. That's that's it. That's all I've got to say. That's it. That's it. Well, well done, mate. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Well, thanks everyone for listening. That's it for this week. I'm Steve Bradley. Uh, I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy, Enjoy your week. week. <laughs> no, I didn't think you were going to do it. I was looking at you. Well, there's a slight time delay, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> One from London to Broadstairs. We're in different time zones. <laughs>